What is going on, 49ers faithful? It is your boy, Perry, back with an interview edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. As always, guys, I'm joined by Dylan. Dylan's good to see you. And Matthew Paris. Matthew is the Washington Times reporter for the Washington football team. Matthew, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Dylan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be on. Welcome on, guys. And we have a pretty important game coming up in regards to the Washington football team and the 49ers. Obviously, the Washington football team is first in their division in the NFC East, and the 49ers are in the hunt for the playoffs. And it's been kind of tough for both teams throughout this entire epidemic-ridden season. The Niners have been plagued by injuries. The red, the, oof, oof, I, I'm coming close. I got to train myself on that one still. The Washington football team themselves has had to face a lot of adversity. But coming into this game, Matthew, there are a ton of very big storylines going into this. Obviously, the number one, um, pretty much the number one storyline is Alex Smith. Alex Smith is having himself one heck of a comeback season. Obviously, he had that brutal leg injury a couple years back. He's been recovering ever since. Now he's back. What's what do you feel like has the vibe been around the team with Alex Smith? How how do you feel like his personality and his charisma has really just uplifted the entire team? Right. Well, it's funny. In a way, it's, it's uplifted them, but it's also a calming them. You know, he's such a stable figure, and um, he's provided a lot of stability to the franchise. You know, obviously, before he got injured, they were 6-3, and three, and they were about to make the playoffs, and then he got hurt two years ago. But now, you know, they're 3-1 and one since he's a starter. They've won three in a row. Their offense has looked competent with him under center, which is a lot more than you could say at the beginning of the season. So, you know, he, he's done a lot for them. He Washington is obviously a really young team that has a lot of young pieces. And, you know, he's mentored guys like Terry McLaurin, Cam Sims, even a guy like Logan Thomas, who's 29 years old. You know, he, he's really found on the same page with them. So he's just really kind of calming. He provides the right example. He's He's really what you've gotten with Alex Smith. You know, you got with him in San Francisco, Kansas City. He, he's just such a stable, consistent figure in the NFL that it's really done wonderful for a franchise that is, you know, really weird in chaos for a lot of the times. Yeah, that, I mean, the Washington team has just been – it's been a storyline before Ron Rivera, obviously with Jay Gruden there and previous ownership. And, I mean – you know, I send best wishes out to every single person who's covered that team and is currently on the beat. But I'll tell you, Matthew, everything is looking up for the team. Obviously, Ron Rivera himself has just been one hell of a coach. He's got these guys coached up and playing hard, man. What's his mentality been towards the team, and what do you feel like he's really brought? Yeah, you know, he's just tried to, you know, you hear every coach say it, but him especially, culture, culture, culture. That's just really the emphasis that he goes for. He's tried to show guys, like, the way the right way to do things um you know he's had his own cancer battle this season i think that's been pretty inspirational for them that you know if he can come out here and coach while you know doing chemotherapy a few hours earlier then you know you can go play linebacker or whatever position it is so you know it is really just inspirational to the team he hasn't really uh paying attention to details small things that they wouldn't do in the past that just they really uh they played sound disciplined football and it, it's a really solid kind of unit. They've had some young pieces, and I think he's really getting the most out of their talent. You know, you, you talked about how Alex Smith has come in and, and really been a mentor for all these young guys. And, I mean, you can tell that they're they're playing great. I mean, you saw Antonio Gibson's been having a good a good little little run at it lately. Of course, you got that that injury. And Logan Thomas, he's, he's looking like a, a, a guy that could end up breaking out here in the near future. And Terry McLaurin already had a great rookie season last year and is looking to, 
maybe even top that. Uh, he, he's having another good year. Do you think the team is – what do you think the team's looking for in their future? Do you think they're just kind of playing it with Alex Smith and seeing where they, they can go right now? Do you think they're still yeah. hoping something happens with Dwayne Haskins or looking oh, at the possibility yeah. of upgrading? Yeah, I think the Haskins thing is – I mean, maybe he sticks around and kind of it's run its course. You know, before this – if they had it beaten Pittsburgh, maybe there was a situation at the end of the year with them out of the division race that you say maybe you give Dwayne Haskins another shot. But, you know, right now the situation is that you can't really afford to play Haskins and see what you have in him any longer. And they had, they would say we did take a chance uh, of taking a look at him and he wasn't very good. So – you know, we'll see if they reevaluate him in the offseason. Maybe they trade him. Uh, you know, I'm certainly rumored at the trade deadline. But I could see them still adding another position. Obviously, Alex Smith is 36. He'll be 37 by next year. Um, and they'll probably have to draft someone. Or, you know, Cam Newton hasn't played well enough to where I think, you know, Ron Rivera likes to bring in his Carolina guys. But I just don't think, you know, that's a realistic option for them at this point. So, um, you know, he just really provided stability in the short term. And I think they're perfectly okay with that, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you think of a quarterback like Alex Smith. And when he first played in his first game back, everyone's like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's back in. And you know, one of his first drives, he literally gets toppled by Aaron Donald. And of course, Aaron Donald with that significant quote saying, I can't believe that leg held up. When you, when you have someone like Alex Smith, who really brings that energy. And I mean, like you said, he's a really calming dude, but He's leading the Washington football team in the mix of a playoff hunt right now. And from week one, I, I don't think a lot of people really expected this team to really compete. And obviously, no one really knew what was going to go on with Ron Rivera coming in. Obviously, he had just left his tenure with Carolina and then the cancer diagnosis. And it felt like just not that everything was collapsing with Washington, but it looked like it was going to be another really rough season. How has the... how? Do you feel like Ron Rivera has really instilled a winning culture into this team? And obviously the record won't say otherwise, but when you're in first place and you have a really big victory against Pittsburgh, I think that's enough to show us that this team is really ingrained to win and want to win. How do you see that desire reflecting from Ron Rivera onto the team? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. It's just, it's kind of like the the little things, you know, Ron Rivera said early in the season that he would start to measure their progress by not only wins and losses, but the way players acted in interviews, even of, of the way that they kind of repeat the message. Well, that's really started to happen. You know, guys have said that they, they pick it up in practice. They've taken those efforts. You know, it, it can be cliches a little bit at times, but it is, you know, it is just like kind of making the right plays. And there was a play from the Dallas game uh, a few weeks ago that um, obviously Terry McLaurin had that amazing uh chase down tackle to prevent a pick six right outside the thing. But what really struck me is when Jeremy Reeves, who's a backup safety, he was a guy on the practice squad and he's now a bit of a bigger role. And he said like when they got on the field to make that kind of uh, stop them, like they realized the significance of the moment that if, Hey, if we can hold them to three points here, just the field goal, then we really have uh, an opportunity to kind of flip the game. And I think players are just recognizing those big moments. They're not letting it get to them. But, you know, to have that sort of significance and not to let things spiral off the, the rails, it's really important because you look at teams, Washington teams in the past that I've covered, just when things went bad, they went really bad fast. And if things kind of spiral out of control, I mean, if things kind of go poorly, they don't spiral out of control. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, to Ron Rivera's credit. I think that's where it makes a difference in coaching. 
Yeah, I mean, the Washington football team all season, it just feels like they've been playing hard from week one. And even with the rotating uh, or revolving door at quarterback, it doesn't matter. These guys are playing hard, and Ron Rivera really has that reflecting on his entire team. And when you come off a really big victory against Pittsburgh, where, I mean, the defense just obviously shut down Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh only had just barely over 300 total yards, but to only have less than 40 yards on the ground. And I know Pittsburgh had no James Conner, but they had a really healthy offensive line. And you kind of figure that Pittsburgh's um, identity has always just been kind of establish the run and then let Big Ben do his work. Big Ben had a good box score day, if you will, in terms of yards, but that defense was just, it, it was just lights out. So I got to ask you, kind of getting into a little bit of the preview now, What's been going on with this Washington defense, Matthew? These guys, you know, they've been playing absolutely lights out all season long. And I know the big story has been the defensive line. But you look outside of that, you look at the linebackers, you look at the DBs. Those guys have been playing just as hard as well. What's going on with them, man? I mean, this unit is top five. Well, it it does start with the defensive line. I mean, they just create so much pressure that it really helps them on the back end. You know, they've really remade their secondary this offseason. They added Kendall Fuller, a guy who had been here in the past. He was in Kansas City. They added Ronald Darby, a guy who's still young but had struggled kind of in Philadelphia. He was hungry for another opportunity. Just those changes that they've made um, in the back end has really helped. And then they found some guys. You know, to have a successful defense, you really need to, like, not only have stars, which they have on the defensive line, but you need those kind of guys that are just, all right, we'll take a flyer on him and see how he does. Cam Curl, he was a seventh-round safety from Alabama or Alabama – no, Arkansas, I think. Sorry. Anyway, wherever he's from. <laughs> um, he was a late-round college find. Um, he really was thrown into the opportunity. Uh, he expressed in training camp, but Landon Collins blew out his Achilles. And, you know, Cam Curl was playing nickel corner for them a little bit, but then they moved him to safety, and he's been great. He really has. Uh, he's such a hard hitter back there. They uh, benched Troy Apke, who was their starter to begin the year, and put uh, DeShazer Everett in, who's a longtime backup here. And he's just really set the tone with the physicality. So, you know, they, they really play hard. They, they tackle. They fly to the ball. It's kind of all the things you want in the defense. And there are some concerns, like their linebackers haven't really been good except for Cole Holcomb. And um, there's some weaknesses that better teams can exploit. But, you know, they, they really started to gel and um, – you know, they've been playing some of the best football that I've seen since I've been here. So <laughs> speaking of that defense, I mean, I know we talked about the young talent that's really starting to prosper um, on the offense, but I mean, that, that defense, I mean, you already talked a little bit about it. You you guys have put a lot of stock into that defensive line specifically lately. Uh, I mean, what we got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, um, the other DN I'm forgetting right now, Montez Sweat. Yeah, sorry. And so, you know, over in um, the, the 49ers world, we, we have a running joke because it seems like every single damn year we draft a defensive lineman. And it seems like you guys are running with that same strategy. And, I mean, honestly, you were just talking about a, a late-round waiver on a, a defensive player. That, that's really worked out. We've had some runs like that too. I mean, Dre Greenlaw, I think he was in the fifth round that we took him. And I mean, he's, he's been playing lights out for us. So I, I it's just interesting that you guys seem to have had like a, a very similar sort of defensive strategy going in and really investing in on that, that defensive line and making sure that, that it beefens up and, you know, it, if it's shown anything between the two teams, it, that strategy works. Right. I mean, 
it's really hard to understate how important Chase Young's addition has been to this group. I mean, they changed schemes in the offseason. I think that really had a big thing to do with their improvement as well. But he's just been so good. It's really fun to watch him. I mean, just the way that he's been able to react is like screenplays, blowing up the run. Um, you know, his sack numbers really aren't great for what you would maybe expect from that position. But he just makes such a difference all over the place. He's drawing double, triple teams even. And you look at a guy like Montez Sweat, who had an okay rookie year. He came on late. He had seven sacks. It was respectable. But he's just playing so much better now. Jonathan Allen, their interior push, they, they just really they're, – they're second in the league in sacks for a reason, right? And sacks on everything. But they just create that constant pusher that really helps out everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if there's any team that knows what it's like to be cheering on and excited about an Ohio State edge rusher really coming in and having a great rookie season, I promise you it's us. We had our own little nice run with that last year. But, I mean, just like you were saying, a good defensive line changes everything for your defense. I mean, our secondary was nothing to really, really behold last year, but they looked glorified through what 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 we had in that defensive line. And, I mean, you, you guys have some players that you brought in that have been playing well, but, I mean, they probably have a lot of credit to give to that defensive line because if yeah. quarterbacks don't have time to figure out where to throw the ball, they're going to make more mistakes, throw more bad passes. So, I mean, yeah, hey, that, that defensive line is, is everything for a, a good uh, – everything, a great start for a, a great defense. What's Chase Young been like? I mean, I know coming out of college, he was a high character dude, relentless. I mean, I mean, you look at him physically and you think, okay, he's a workout warrior. But right. when you watch his feet, when you watch his play on field, it's like, oh my god! I mean, I couldn't believe Nick Bosa and Chase Young were on the same team at one point. What What's been his What's been his vibe around the team, and what do you feel like he's like truly brought to this defense? Yeah. Uh, he's just a great dude, uh, and it, it's funny. Just he he's only a rookie, but Ryan Kerrigan, after one game, he was like, yeah, he's our leader. You know, he, he, he's the inspirational. You watch the pregame huddles where they all gather and he fires them up. He's the one leading the speeches. And, you know, he, he's really just such a, a tone setter, uh, like a kind of a nasty get, get over it guy, like just after the ball. But he's also just has a really positive, uh, youthful energy. And so it just, I think it's really made a, a great difference. And his talent is really just, <laughs> you know, I haven't seen a play like this in a while here. And so um, it, it really, it does wonders for the group. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's the same way when Nick Bosa came in, Nick Bosa was very high character, very, very calm dude, but his play spoke for himself on the field. And I mean, you've seen Chase Young on the field play. I mean, he's made his rookie mistakes. What rookie hasn't, but when you have a guy like him who can really just take the reins of a defense and the defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, who, who, was kind of coming off of a weird stint with the Raiders at the time. It kind of had a sour ending there and really just really just to revive the culture of Washington as well and really just bring a lot of energy to that defense. What has Jack Del Rio brought to the team and how do you feel he's been really impactful? Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, you think of Ron Rivera and obviously he's a defensive coach, but the thing about Rivera is he's really given Del Rio to say, all right, this is like, we'll, we'll do some of my stuff, but these are your calls. You're calling the defense. This is your scheme. Um, and Del Rio historically, like, yeah, he struggled in Oakland a little bit, but he's been a really great coordinator. I mean, you look at the, his years in Denver, they went to the Super Bowl in 2013 under him. So he's just, he's a guy that ha- has some experience there and 
obviously he's had a lot of experience, but he's been a great coordinator just kind of all throughout his, his stops and he knows defense and they're really kind of on the same page in terms of like play discipline, play fast. Uh, you know, we're going to go out and do our job. It's been interesting to cover him, you know, after games or like after if they have losses or things that like they struggle with. He's not really a guy that will like, you know, he'll say, yes, it's a problem, but he'll try and focus on the positive. But he's also, he like he kind of straddles that line that I think really works with the players. You know, it, it doesn't focus on the negative, but it's also not like ripping them either. It, it's, it's just, he finds that like way to be, like way to be measured. And I think that, that really, you know, they have a lot of measured players on the team. And I think it kind of all gels together. You know, um, going into a, a little bit more of the preview for this this upcoming game on on um, this week, uh, if you had to look at look at your offense going into this game, who is uh, that that number one guy that that you're looking at and you're saying San Francisco needs to stop this guy for them to win this game? Well, it's Terry McLaurin, and uh, you know what was interesting is. Pittsburgh did try and stop him. They he threw for he only had two catches for 14 yards, and they just shifted everything his way, and that kind of opened the the field for everyone else. But you know, he's just he really is. I mean, elite. What is interesting about this uh, particular version of Washington's offense? Up, they hired Scott Turner. He's their first year coordinator, but they've really focused on getting McLaurin into the middle of the field um, under Jay Gruden. It would be long shots deep, taking advantage of his speed, which was pretty smart, but by doing that, by putting him more in the middle, is they've really unlocked his ability to run after the catch. And for a while, he was, you know, top two or top one for among receivers. I don't know where those numbers are now in terms of yards after the catch, but he's just really he's really dependable. Um, I think the attention he draws has really allowed a guy like Cam Sims to start to get going and get production out of him. So, you know, he, he's such a dependable target that if uh, you know, I don't know if Richard Sherman travels with receivers or they just stick him on one side of the field, but nah, I'm Richard Sherman's, uh, you know, 49ers football. I know obviously you cover the Washington football team, so there's not too much perspective on your side, but if you want to know one thing about 49ers Twitter is that they love to be very critical. And one thing about Richard Sherman is that he's, he's made it very well known that this will likely be his last yeah. due to the salary cap restraints. And with the upcoming Trent Williams contract and Fred Warner, it, it's been an entire mess, but Richard Sherman is known for playing one side of the field. So he won't necessarily travel with McLaurin per se, but then Jason Verrett has been on the other side of the field and outside the bills game. Verrett has been fantastic this season, yeah, he really has. but kind of talking on the wide receivers a little more, Matthew, it's been, I've, from what I've watched, outside of McLaurin, it's been kind of a rotating door in the sense that the team has used Isaiah Wright, Cam Sims, Dontrell Inman. Uh, I know they've been trying to work Antonio Gandy-Golden back in, but I know he's been injured, so I don't think he's quite ready yet. But I will say that big one-handed catch Cam Sims had against Pittsburgh last week was really big. And I, I kind of like Cam Sims' uh, tool set in the sense that he's a big wide receiver. He doesn't necessarily separate, but from what I've seen, the guy can just – he can make plays on the ball. And – Obviously, Alex Smith has always been – he's never really been the deep throw guy outside of the Kansas City games, but Alex Smith is still kind of – it still feels like he's working himself back into shape. Watching this offense all throughout the season, do you feel like it's really just been McLaurin and just whoever else is open on the play, or do you feel like that some of the wide receivers are starting to finally get more involved as the season has progressed? Yeah, no, I definitely think it's the latter. I mean, Cam Sims, he's starting to get more involved. I think – what going back to what Smith has brought to the offense, he's really conscious of 
all right, let's try and find this. Let's take my read. Let's he, he sees it open. He's not going to force things to McLaurin just because he has that type of talent. And so it is really an evenly distributed offense. He's really decisive with where he goes to the ball. And, you know, I think he's, the receivers are showing a lot of faith or putting a lot of faith in Smith to, to get them the ball and to, um, to you know, to catch it, but also to uh, – oh, he, he's showing that Smith can trust them. Uh, that's what I oh, yeah yeah okay i got you yeah, yeah. that that's kind of you know before before rivera came in and obviously mclaurin's rookie season it really did feel like it was just mclaurin and and then that was it and that was before rivera really brought in all the playmakers but you know alex smith has never really been that deep threat guy but it seems like this season in particular he's really utilizing you know he's starting to finally utilize his more you know, more of his weapons. Like Rivera came into this offense. He came in with a plan, realized that, okay, McLaurin's our guy. Let's see what else we have in wide receivers. And then Dylan said it earlier, Logan Thomas is having himself one hell of a season. Do you feel like outside of McLaurin, Logan Thomas has kind of been that next big guy for the offense? Well, I think actually Antonio Gibson has been that guy. And now he's not going to play this week because he has a turf toe injury, which is a huge loss for them. But I, you know, I would go McLaurin one, Gibson two, and then Logan Thomas three. I think Thomas might even have more um, targets than Gibson, but, you know, they've really evened out in terms of how Washington was using Gibson, obviously, because he's a running back as well in terms of touches. Gibson was really becoming involved. But, yeah, Thomas Thomas almost had a 100-yard day. He's really come on strong. He was a guy that they identified uh, before the season as someone, like, in free agency saying, like, all right, this guy's had a pretty small role elsewhere. If we can just get him some more playing time, maybe he can start to flash. And they've been – really pleasantly surprised or just how far he's come with that bigger opportunity. So, you know, he, he's done really well. He's a really big tight end, kind of what you want from that size, a Jordan Reed ish type, but, you know, obviously Reed in his prime was a lot more explosive than Thomas is, but you know, it's really dependable on that, that position. You looked at it before the season started. It was just like, Oh, that, that might be really like a mess for them, but he's really kind of answered questions and, you know, he signed a two year, $6 million dealer two-year, four million, and it's a team option for uh, the second year. I, I think they're going to be picking that one up. Going off of uh, all the – or just the Antonio Gibson talk there, you know, both uh, both the 49ers and the Washington football team – I almost got there too. Um, bo- both of those teams have been almost uh, the same in their rushing defense th- this season. They've, they've been right there together um, and both playing pretty well on it. Uh, does it concern you going into this game? Um, uh, how much does it concern you? Obviously, it concerns you when you you don't have your starting back. But how much does it concern you that uh, le- relying on I, I want to say Peyton Barber and JD, JD McKissick instead of uh, that that guy that's been the lead back? Yeah, you know McKissick has been actually pretty effective when they've given him a, like rushing attempts. They just haven't really given him as much. They really like Peyton Barber. Um, in short yarded situations, he had a little bit better of a game. I'll be honest, I, I don't really see it with Peyton Barber. I mean, they they like him, but I, I don't I don't understand it. If there's one thing I, I've noticed through JD McKissick's career in however many teams he he he's been around, uh, he he's definitely one of those backs that can catch it out of the backfield. And yeah. if there's one thing that the 49ers defense just it completely pretends that they can't see. It's uh, covering a back out of the backfield. So, I mean, that that could be a strong point for you guys. Yeah, I mean, and, like, McKissick had 10 catches for 
70 yards against Pittsburgh, and that was a career high for him. So, you know, they call him Captain Checkdown for a reason, but Smith <laughs> takes what's there. And if you're going to give him the like the checkdown, you're damn right he's going to, you know, take it. So he, he really great chemistry with McKissick, especially. Switching over to um, the the other side of the offense, you know we are still missing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle. That they they won't be back this week, but uh, we we are starting to finally get some of our guys back on IR. It's definitely been a rough season for uh, a, a lot of our offensive players, but uh, we'll be seeing Brandon Ayuk, Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, and Jordan Reed has actually done pretty well in um, George Kittle's absence. Uh, is there is there a, a guy on that list that you you hear and you're like that's the guy that we need to stop? Um, yeah, you know, like I, I would say, yeah, I would I would guess I'd go Mozart just because it's more so concept like scheme wise of what Kyle Shanahan does with those zone read schemes. You know, they you put a, a, anyone back there. Uh, is Jeff Wilson healthy for you guys or no? Yeah, Jeff Wilson's playing. Like, yeah, he he's pretty good as well. You know, he, he's fine. So. They just have like really productive running backs, and that's kind of always been the the case under Shanahan. And yeah, if Kyle can get his running back going, then he can open yeah. up that offense. And then and you know, I know Washington's run defense has like statistically been okay, but there have been some weeks where it's been really bad. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb tore them up. I know that that's a really good like duo tandem as well. But they. You know, you, you look at Kevin Stefanski, and he does like to run that zone read. So it is – they've had trouble stopping that in the past. And I think if you really kind of look at – I don't know if Washington is going to win this game. And that because of that, I think that's definitely the reason why they would lose. That Yeah, that's going to lead me into my last question here, kind of a two-parter. What you saw from Alex Smith against Pittsburgh, obviously – Washington didn't necessarily have a good running game. They only had just barely over 40 yards. Alex Smith actually put the team on his back, and I think that was a really big story. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers do have the number one defense in the league. The 49ers, even with the injuries, are still a very good defense as well. Do you feel like coming into this game that this is going to be another game where Alex Smith will have to finish with over 40 pass attempts? It's a great question. Um, Yes, it just depends kind of how, like, what the time of possession is, right? You know, right. If, if they don't have it, then, you know, it might not be, it might not get to 40. But I, I do think it because one thing that Scott Turner likes to do, especially, is he'll substitute what would be your traditional run play for your short yardage passage and not count that as a run. <laughs> you know, it'll be, it'll be like that. And Jay Gruden was like that as well. A lot of offensive coordinators kind of believe in that quick throw, get it out, and get four yards. And so, you know, they're not afraid to do that. And I could see Smith dropping back for sure. Yeah. I mean, as Alex Smith, I think a lot of us were shocked that he threw so much, but a lot of us were also shocked that he had such a good game. And then the second part to this question, kind of want to touch on this before we finish. I want to talk a little bit about the injury report real quick. Brandon Sheriff and Morgan Moses were both limited today. What was kind of the news on them and how is their outlook going into the game? Yeah, I, I would be shocked if they missed it. I mean, it seems like they're kind of managing the workload. Ron Rivera has talked about, you know, not going as hard in practice. They have been banged up. Sheriff has missed some time this season. Moses is always the kind of guy that plays hurt. I mean, that's just the kind of his – he learned that from Trump Williams, I guess. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think they'll be fine. Maybe their backup right tackle, who's the, David Sharp, he's like their swing tackle, he's – 
didn't practice today, so I'm maybe a little bit more concerned about him. Um, in terms of the offensive line, yeah, that, those are the injuries that are their main ones outside of Gibson. Matthew, thank you so much. Obviously, this kind of game really, it feels almost like last season's game where I don't think you guys are expecting any, or no, we're in Arizona, so there's going to be no rain. But it's still, even regardless of the rain, it still feels like this game is either going to be one of those weird, like, 30-point shootouts for whatever reason, or it's going to finish 10-7. to But, Matthew, I kind of want to close with an awesome question here for you. Obviously, the Washington team is just littered with all kinds of athletic talent. Who do you feel like, so between these two, do you feel like you would rather, or not rather, do you feel like you could beat Terry McLaurin in a 40-yard dash if you had a head start, or do you think you can do more push-ups than Chase Young? Uh, I would lose badly by either. Uh, definitely, if I had to take one of those, I would try for the, the running just because I'm very weak in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would try for the head start, but he would smoke me like by far and away. So <laughs> I'd be badly to both of those, but I'll, I'll take the running. <laughs> Matthew, thank you so much, man. Where can everyone find you on Twitter? You can find me at, at uh, Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S. Yeah, just follow along. Appreciate that. <laughs> Matthew, thank you so much for your time. Guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Red and Gold Stand-Up Podcast. And as always, tune in. And I cannot wait to watch this Washington football team and versus the Niners. It's going to be a good game. Thank you, guys.